the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. Six more classified documents found in President Biden's home. An FBI search of the president's house in Wilmington yielded additional documents containing classification markings. Federal officials also took possession of some of his notes. The president's lawyer says the FBI had full access to the president's home, including personally handwritten notes, files, papers, binders, memorabilia, and other documents. It's the latest in a series of discovered classified materials which have become a political headache for the White House. Greg Clugston, Washington. Authorities in California are investigating the possibility that the male suspect believed to have shot and killed 10 people at a Lunar New Year celebration last night outside of Los Angeles may have tried it at another dance hall where he was disarmed and then he ran away. This is SRN News. Bad decisions limit future options. Make enough bad decisions and you destroy your life. Listen to The Flotline with your host Rick Hughes every Sunday morning at 7.30 here on AM 1280 The Patriot. The Flotline describes a main line of resistance in your soul, built on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. The Flotline with Rick Hughes, every Sunday morning at 7.30, here on AM 1280, The Patriot. AM 1280, The Patriot, inside your 1 o'clock hour, moments away from the Northern Alliance Radio Network. The closer, Brad Carlson, right now, we're going to look at your weather forecast. High in the mid-20s today, partly sunny skies into your evening hours. Clouds do return, low around 12. Our sister station, thefishtwincities.com, plays the latest tracks from today's top Christian artists. Listen in for new worship songs, plus familiar favorites from the past. Download the Fish Twin Cities app today, stream online, or with the Odyssey app, thefishtwincities.com. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast we like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Hashtag NarnShow. For any comments or questions, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. As, uh, yeah, um, Vikings were eliminated from the NFL playoffs last weekend. So uh, welcome back to the uh, Vikings crowd uh, who listened sparingly during the NFL season when the Vikings had noon games. Uh, Obviously, I imagine many might have had rapt attention on the Vikings games. Uh, I... Someone made a mention of this last night during one of the games. Uh, to uh, with today's two games, next week's two conference championship games, and then the Super Bowl three weeks from now. There's five NFL games remaining until September when the regular season gets started back up again. So, man, that that went quick. That went quick. But uh, it'll football will be back, folks. Uh, fear not. But the Northern Alliance Radio Network will soldier on each and every uh, weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, that uh, I just read a, a headline. Of course, the third week in January 
is always the March for Life, which takes place all across the United States, marching, standing up for life and against the horrific procedure that is abortion. Uh, Today is the actual 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade, when the Supreme Court uh, decided that the U.S. Constitution protected the abortion procedure. Of course, Roe v. Wade was overturned this past June uh, when the decision finally came down uh, that it was a, they overturned basically a previous court's precedence. Uh, It was a legal decision. It didn't ban abortions like people were falsely claiming. It just meant that individual states could craft their own abortion laws. And it didn't affect some of the more radical abortion laws that took place that were passed in, say, California and Colorado and New York. Okay? But uh, I'll be talking a little bit about House File 1, which passed the Minnesota House this past week. And it's, I I mean, the DFLers, when they call their political opponents extreme, very clear they're projecting, given the legislation that they passed through the House this past week. And again, I'll get to that probably in the next segment. But what we have ascertained in the in the pro-life community is that the overturning of Roe v. Wade wasn't some end game. It was, it was only the beginning of the fight for life. And I get it. It's been going on for, for 50 years. And really what it's all been about is changing hearts and minds, letting women know that if they don't if they, if they have an unplanned pregnancy, that abortion is indeed not the only option. And I, I find it kind of ironic, given the denigration and the uh, slander against pregnancy resource centers, that the ch- crowd who calls themselves pro-choice are really limiting the choices, particularly through this legislation that was passed here in Minnesota, at least through the House. Let's hope it doesn't get through the Senate. We'll, we'll definitely keep eyes upon that. But what I'm always struck by when I watch the March for Life protests taking place all across the country, obviously the big dog is in Washington, D.C. That's where the biggest crowd gathers, where there's hundreds of thousands. The one thing I'm always struck by is how all of those people are there selflessly, not for anything that they gain out of it, not for anything for their benefit necessarily, but standing up for others, i.e. babies, human life, independent from themselves. And again, they, the, the left calls it, you can call it a clump of cells or a fetus or whatnot. Well, it's in the womb. It's not viable outside the womb, whatever. And, you know, we've had all of these arguments. But the fact is, the left, and they're good at this, these Orwellian tactics where they hijack language, hijack definitions of words, or change definitions of words in order to fit a narrative. And therefore, they can't refer to what's in the womb as a baby because then it would actually give it a human quality and, and, and then people would see abortion for what it actually is, snuffing out a human life. But... It's always heartening to see people year after year go back to these protests. You know what? I I think I'm I don't have a bucket list, but if I did, I think probably going to Washington D.C. for the March for Life would be in my would definitely be in my top ten. Um, yeah, again, standing up for others, standing up. I mean, isn't that what this is a what what the human spirit is about? Standing up for those who you know maybe don't have a voice or are most vulnerable. Uh, For my money, Alexandra DeSanctis is probably the best commentator on life issues out there, and she writes for nationalreview.com. And I'll read an excerpt of a piece she wrote uh, this past Friday, of course, a couple of days ahead of the 50th anniversary of Roe v. Wade. On January 22, 1974, about 20,000 Americans took to the streets of Washington, D.C. to protest what had happened exactly one year earlier in Roe v. Wade. 
The leaders who planned the first March for Life imagined it as a one-time event, believing at the time that the Supreme Court would soon recognize its error and reverse course. As it turns out, it took nearly a half century for the, course to, for the court to correct the anti-constitutional travesty of Roe. Today marks the first March for Life in history to take place in a post-Roe America. Yet even as they celebrate that major victory, even with their ability to enact laws protecting unborn children from abortion restored, pro-life Americans still flock to D.C. to march. Why? It has become common in pro-life circles since last summer's Dobbs decision to hear the end of Roe was not the end of abortion debate. Instead, it marks something of a second beginning, a new phase in the fight requiring perhaps more of us even than the previous phase did. For the past 50 years, most legal efforts to stop abortion were total failures, always butting up against the cement wall of Roe and later Casey. In this new legal landscape, it makes great sense that pro-lifers revitalized by both the possibility of preventing abortion and the challenge of building a pro-life culture still refuse to stay home. For one thing, we ought to recognize the advantage accorded to the abortion rights movement by its 50 years of legal dominance. The pro-life movement is entering the free-for-all left by Dobbs with one hand tied behind its back, forced to make the case for life to a culture well accustomed to the case for death. Boy, isn't that relevant to what happened in the Minnesota House this past week? The notion of abortion as a woman's birthright has come to dominate the public imagination And the end of Roe did little to change that. Ostensibly, pro-life politicians endeavor to talk about the issue as little as possible. Pro-life Americans struggle to rebut the claim that women need abortion in order to be equal to men. Planned Parenthood's ubiquitous bubblegum pink branding has convinced two generations that abortion is one health care procedure among many, that an annual half a billion dollars in taxpayer funding is the least the organization deserves for doing so much to help women. These challenges are hardly insurmountable, but they require at minimum that pro-life Americans and their representatives refrain from considering abortion policy merely a matter for states to sort out among themselves. Such a position risks the very real possibility that, absent drastic shifts in public opinion, there will always be at least a handful of large states permitting abortion on demand throughout all nine months of pregnancy and welcoming women from out of state to use these quote-unquote services. It would also ignore that the abortion industry is undertaking a nationwide effort to remove all safety protocols for chemical abortion drugs, making them available over-the-counter and via mail. Changes to state law, while important, are neither the beginning nor the end of the story. It will take a combination of federal and state law, administrative policy, and significant cultural change to stop the advance of the pro-abortion machine, which has hardly stumbled in the wake of Dobbs. Pro-life movement is facing not a series of discrete skirmishes, but total war on all fronts, and there is little time to waste. At such a, mo- at such a moment, as pro-life factions articulate desperate visions, or excuse me, disparate visions for the best path forward, we need the March for Life, which has always been an emblem of the movement's enduring unity more than ever. Out of a great diversity of beliefs and opinions comes a startling moment of clarity as Americans arrive in Washington to say once more, our country, our families, our women, and our children deserve better than the violence of abortion. Amen. So this is, uh, this is something that, that, that I think the pro-life community was aware of when Rose overturned, hey, this is just the the beginning of another phase in this fight. It's not in an end. Whereas the pro-abortion crowd, here's the interesting thing. They realized that there was still a fight ahead. Even though that there were states that codified abortion laws and that the Supreme Court, even in its decision, indicated, look, there is not going to be any criminal penalties there should not be any criminal penalties for women who drive, you know, say from Iowa, which is uh, a pro-life state or South Dakota pro-life state, say women drive across state lines to Minnesota, where obviously abortion is legal. There won't be any penalties for doing such. That 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 is not a crime. We don't consider that a crime. You know, they spell it out in this in this legal ruling. So. With that in mind. 
abortion is always going to going to be legal. So why isn't the pro-abortion crowd, and they can call themselves pro-choice, I'm sorry, um, some of the legislation that they're supporting, it, it, there isn't a choice. Choice would constitute that there are more than one, there's more than one option available, and it's being made very clear that there isn't. But the pro-abortion crowd, they could have very easily said, look, abortions, it's here to stay. You know, the states have decided, these states have decided it's never going to be overturned. And, heck, some Fortune 500 companies were, you know, willing to pony up, you know, some little uh, uh, extra goodies and benefit packages, you know, in or- if a say one of their female employees wanted to go get an abortion. So why all of a sudden is there a rush, you know, to an all-out sprint to pass these most radical abortion bills at the state level? Well, it's because they see how the pro-life movement has been sustained for half a century, still as passionate as ever, and not backing down, and quite simply... I'd like to think that their conscience is telling them that morality really isn't on their side. Again, that's just a theory. I got, I've got a proof of that, but something that I, I've been thinking about a lot, especially in light of what took place at the Minnesota House this past Thursday. Yeah, we're going to talk about that when we come back on the next segment. And we're available to take your call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And we do have our live stream up and running at our Narn Facebook page, so check us out there. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Sometimes I feel the fear of uncertainty. Sing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. C.S. Lewis once said, education without values seems to make man a more clever devil. A Christian education is the solution to this problem and can be yours for half price for your child's first year. TwinCitiesTuitions.com and area schools are working together to make this a reality for families just like yours. Now you can equip your child with the knowledge and moral foundation needed for them to make an impact in today's world. To see the full list of participating half-off tuition institutions, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Hi, I'm Kendall. I was young, single, barely getting by and facing an unplanned pregnancy. How was I going to take care of a baby when I could barely take care of myself? I was faced with a decision, stop the pregnancy or bring a baby into my crazy circumstances. That's when my sister found Robbinsdale Women's Center. They welcomed me with no judgment and changed my perspective on being a mom. They gave me the hope and confidence I needed. At my 20-week ultrasound, I was shocked to see two heartbeats. I will be forever grateful for everyone at RWC. My twin boys, Sean and Christian, are my biggest blessings. Our goal at Robbinsdale Women's Center is to give accurate information on all pregnancy choices. All services are provided at no cost with no government funding. We rely on people like you who value women and their unborn babies. Since 1992, thousands of babies have been given the gift of life. Please donate today at rwcinfo.org. Thank you for helping our mom, RWC. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. 
Save 700 gallons of water and 250 pounds of salt this year with the new wet technology water softener from Commerce Water. Get $400 for your old softener. Commerce will haul it away too. Commerce.com. Commerce Water. Go to Commerce.com. It's tough. It's tough. Get going, 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 going. Hey, welcome back. AM 12 to the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N-Show for comments or questions. And feel free to check us out on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where our good friend Wild Wilson checks in quite a bit, checks in today. Hello, Wild. Thanks as always for tuning in. Uh, we are going to continue our discussion on uh, the pro-life issue, particularly uh, the abortion bill that uh, passed in the Minnesota House this past week. But before I get to that, I want to get to line one. Jim is holding right now. Jim, you're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Well, that's awful nice of you to take my call, Brad. Thank you so much. Yes, Listen, I, I would, I would, um, I, I'm, I'm basing my my uh, my comment on on. The framework, the framework of our nation is is basically, <clears throat> for lack of a better term, it's it's, it's under the uh, in God we trust. Uh, they use that term. So I mean, we we, we based our framework on um, on God or or higher power, however you want to call it. And, and that being said, I'd really like to to, to see if uh, if there is a a pro-abortionist uh, um, listening today. How they how they reckon that with God, you know, if they are uh, religious, if they believe in a higher power or God, how they reckon that uh, that with God that um, that it's okay to to do that, or you know, I just uh, I want to I'd like to see that. I'd like to I'd like to hear the argument. Yeah, thanks. Uh, appreciate the call, Jim. Thanks so much. I mean, I, you know, you you hear it. Sometimes, like uh, Senator Raphael Warnock, you know, he's an ordained minister, uh, you know, out of Georgia, Democrat, you know, openly proclaims he's a, a pro-choice pastor. You know, I, I don't know how you reconcile that. Uh, there was a um, uh, Congresswoman Schulten out of Michigan cited Jeremiah one five. You know, I, I knew you when you were I, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. You know, quoting God, God said, you know, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. And he says, notice it says mother's womb, not uh, not the government's womb. I mean, she used scripture to try to justify you know, abortion. Don't know how you reconcile that. I can't speak for these people, Jim. I, I you know wish I had a better answer for you, but I, I, I honestly can't. And I think that ties into a larger issue here in that it's always been about hearts and minds. You know, there can be the most radical abortion laws across all 50 states, but unless... We as pro-lifers, and by extension, you know, uh, the Christian church, you know, that believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, reaching others and giving them hope and helping them through trials in their lives, if that, you know, that includes an unwanted pregnancy. But, yeah, sorry I don't have a better answer for you, Jim, but I, you know, like I say, uh, given the media landscape, pro-choice Pastors and pro-choice Christians, you know, I'm using pro-choice in scare quotes, you know, aren't pressed on that issue. You know, how how they how they square that circle. So I uh, appreciate the call nonetheless. I, I did want to get to, uh, Spencer, if we have cut number one uh, queued up here pretty soon, I want to get to that. So uh, there, as I was making mention um, in the Minnesota House this past Thursday, you know, this seemed to be DFLer's top priority. As I, you know, as I've mentioned on many shows since the midterm elections, they flat out lied about the abortion issue here in Minnesota, saying if Republicans were elected, they were going to vote to overturn it, which was a lie. They could never do that. And I'm not going to continue on that rant again because it's getting pretty tedious. But the fact is, when the DFLers, you know, held on to the House, flipped the Senate, and held on to the governor's office, they have carte blanche to do what they wanted. And one thing they said right up front is like, look, the roving overturn, that was the issue that propelled us to victory. I don't know if that's true or not, but the DFLers believe that. So guess what? 
Uh, they took $17 billion more from taxpayers than they needed, but yet abortion is their top priority. And this is from the uh, Pioneer Press uh, on Friday. Democrats in the Minnesota House approved a bill Thursday guaranteeing state residents the right to an abortion and other reproductive health care. The bill passed with a 69-65 vote after about four hours of debate. A companion bill could be voted on as early as next week in the Minnesota Senate. Abortion is already protected by a 1995 Minnesota Supreme Court decision, Doe v. Gomez. Advocates for legal abortion say that is not enough because the makeup of the state's top court could change as it did with the U.S. Supreme Court, which last year issued the Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade, a nearly 50-year decision constitutionally protecting the right to abortion nationwide. Uh, no one is pro-abortion. Representative Carly Katsia, I apologize if I don't know how to rep- uh, pronounce the representative's name, Carly Kotsia Witun, uh, DFL out of Eden Prairie, the chief's uh, sponsor, uh, the bill's chief sponsor said shortly before the House began debate Thursday, abortion bans do not end abortions. They only end safe abortions. So wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. You mean government banning something doesn't prevent that thing? Kind of a shame that progs don't use that same logic regarding uh, their approach to guns now, does it? I mean, this is what the uh, Second Amendment crowd's been trying to tell them. Gun bans aren't going to work. And we saw that, sadly, again this morning where a a gunman opened fire and killed 10 people at uh, a festival in Los Angeles. But I digress. Another thing I take issue with is, you know, they, they people say, you know, this is just window dressing. Abortion was already legal here in Minnesota per the 1995 Minnesota Supreme Court decision. And people say, wow, well, that's all fine and good. It was also uh, declared constitutional at the federal level. But look what happened. The Supreme Court ultimately turned it. So we're trying to head off uh, before that come that happens here. Well, it's a little different dynamic. Because Supreme Court justices have lifetime appointments, and they are appointed by the president of the United, or they're at least nominated by the president of the United States, and have to be confirmed by U.S. Senate. I mean, the stars just happen to align for that to happen. But here in Minnesota, we elect our Supreme Court justices. So, do you honestly think that in this state, a pro-life justice? Could be elected Supreme Court? I I don't know. Highly unlikely. But aside from that, it's a mandatory retirement age of 70. So the only purview that the state's executive would have, i.e. the governor, is to appoint a replacement. Once a justice hits mandatory retirement age, well, the only justice on the Supreme Court who is staunchly pro-life, and I forget the person's name, that's the only, that's the only justice that is close to 70 so even if there were a republican governor it would just be a lateral move but it still wouldn't be enough to uh, overturn their 1995 minnesota supreme court ruling and by the way they aren't a legislature they can't just go rogue and say hey that court that made that decision in 95 yeah we're going to go ahead and overturn that no an actual legal case has to be brought before the minnesota supreme court and the only other way is to amend the Constitution, Minnesota Constitution, put it clearly in the Constitution, which one way to do that, obviously, is to uh, have a ballot question for the Minnesota voters to actually vote. Hey, do you do you believe the Constitution should be amended to, let's say, for example, to completely outlaw abortion? Well, again, this state has never been overwhelmingly pro-life. I mean, it hasn't been as radical abortion as it seems to be now, but even... Even now, I'm not convinced it's as radically abortion. I'm thinking the, the DFL kind of kind of pulled a bait and switch, you know, as I've talked about um, during the campaign. But uh, uh, this was a situation where uh, Republicans were in the minority, obviously. So really, the only thing they could do was offer amendments. I mean, there were a lot of uh, amendments they they offered, and and I think I talked about one in particular. Last week, you know, where I play, played a sound clip from Representative Ann New Brindley, where she was just incredulous that 
the DFL would vote down an amendment that would require physicians to administer medical care to a baby that survived an abortion. And their excuse was, well, this is just kind of redundant. You know, that, that, that such a case is so rare, it's statistically insignificant. But whenever pro-life people indicate they oppose abortion, even in cases of rape or incest, their arguments of such pregnancies being statistically irrelevant are immediately shouted down. However, progs, they, they have no issue with the very rare talking point to defend their own extremism. So we'll talk a little bit more about that on the other side of this break. 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN show or check us out at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. We are, we are live streaming the broadcast. Back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. Most people have never heard of prior salvage vehicles, but at Ace Auto, that's all we've been selling for eight years and at 20 to 30% savings. Hey, it's Ed from Ace Auto. We're a rebuild center specializing in Chrysler Pacificas, Town and Countries, and Dodge Caravans. Every day, thousands of well-maintained vehicles are in fender benders and get body damage. Some end up with a salvage title. At Ace Auto, our team of professional auto rebuilders restores them to their former glory. And once they're rebuilt, they're fantastic vehicles, menu with premium options at a remarkable value. 20 to 30% off. All of our Chrysler and Dodge minivans come with our one-year, 12,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty. Most major insurance companies absolutely insure prior salvage title vehicles. We have financing available at no extra fee to you. Go to aceautocars.com or visit us off 169 in Jordan. aceautocars.com for premium rebuilt vehicles at 20 to 30% savings. When I found out I was pregnant, I panicked. I was afraid, feeling pressured. I didn't know what else to do. I was nine weeks along and didn't know there were other options. I didn't know the baby already had a beating heart. I didn't know there were couples waiting to adopt. I called the confidential hotline and learned the facts. I found an option that both my baby and I can live with. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. So often we get calls just like this from men and women seeking help and alternatives. Our 800 hotline connects callers to the services they need for pregnancy, adoption, as well as post-abortion assistance. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of confidential counseling or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or check us out on the web, prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is educational, non-political, and tax-deductible. Welcome back, AM twelve eighty Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And yeah, we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Check us out there. Continuing our discussion on the uh, Minnesota abortion issue, I do have a sound clip I did want to play. Uh, I know Walter Hudson uh, was on Mitch's broadcast yesterday talking about other crazy uh, uh, draconian measures that Democrats are putting forth, uh, that one regarding uh, speech. This one uh, regarding abortion, and um, for lack of a better phrase, trigger warning, 
okay, what, what Walter is going to describe about partial birth abortion is, um, and I'm being serious, not for the faint of heart. I'm sure all of you know what it entails, but if you have youngsters who you really don't want to hear the description, um, you might want to just turn down the, the, the radio for the next uh, couple of minutes. But this is uh, kind of number one. Uh, State Representative Walter Hudson, obviously a friend of the broadcast, a Republican out of the uh, Albertville, St. Michael area, uh, talking about uh, this just uh, barbaric, and I'm sorry, I, I may sound like I'm hyperbolic using these terms, but barbaric immediately comes to mind when talking about this abortion bill. Cut number one. With the passage of House File 1, we will have a similar abortion policy in this state to the country of China. And we all know how they feel about human rights. This is a bill that is so radical in terms of its tolerance of the killing of the unborn that Democrats refused several reasonable amendments, suggestions that we in the minority get to make to improve their bill. We're talking about things like requiring second and third trimester abortions to be performed in a hospital. This is important because currently you get less regulation of a barber shop or a popcorn stand set up on the side of the road I think he meant more than regulation. you do of an abortion clinic. Yeah, more regulation. The safety of mothers, the safety of unborn children is affected by this lack of oversight. Another amendment they rejected is a ban on third trimester abortions, a policy that even those who consider themselves to be pro-choice consider quite reasonable. And of course, they also rejected a ban on partial birth abortion. This is the practice of extracting the baby almost entirely out of the birth canal. And as it lies there wriggling, you cut a hole in the back of its head and suck out its brain. It sounds like something from a horror movie or some dark comedy, but it's true. It's a practice that Democrats refuse to restrict in the state of Minnesota. This is some of the most radical, extreme, outrageous legislation that this state has ever seen. And it's their number one priority. Yeah, that's what's striking is they that is what they have designated by their actions as their top agenda item. I mean, heck, they were saying it after they clinched. Uh, flipping the Senate and keeping the House and the governor's office. That, hey, we, we're here because of the strength of, of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And, I, you know, again, I, I, I get it. Minnesota is a, I would venture to say, a blue state. I mean, you know, they, obviously the metro area, particularly St. Paul, Minneapolis metro area, is far left progressive. But there's no way the entire state... I I have a hard time believing the majority of the state of Minnesota is that radical on abortion policy. I'm talking about voters. So, again, this was House File 1. It passed in, obviously, the the House. Senate's going to come up with a companion bill that they're going to vote on this week. The Senate has just a one—the DFL has just a one-seat advantage in the Senate, 34 DFLers, 33 Republicans— so if the Republicans hold firm, you just need to flip one DFLer. There has to be one pro-choice DFLer who isn't so radical that they have to say, whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. We need to take another look at this. Seriously, uh, banning third trimester abortions is a bridge too far? Banning partial birth abortions is a bridge too far? Uh, providing medical care for an infant that survives an abortion, that's... That, that too, is a, is, is a bridge too far? Come on. Seriously? I mean, there has to be. I, I, I'm skeptical that there are any DFLers who consider themselves pro-life because they were either replaced by Republicans, you know, outstate, or they were primaried in more blue areas of the state by more far-left Democrats. So I'll, I'll just say that all 34 DFLers are probably pro-choice. But there has to be at least one that would say, come on, there has to be some restrictions here. This is just this is just incredibly extreme. You know, that's the favorite buzzword for progs and, uh, and uh, DFLers and other left-wing political action committees. I mean, every Republican is extreme. And it's very clear 
by the legislation that was passed that they, they were projecting. And again, I, you know, I, I said this last week. How is it more extreme to stand up for the life of a baby that is conceived out of rape or incest? How is that more extreme than literally killing a viable human being? Again, I'm not saying, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying that it isn't a difficult decision, a gut-wrenching decision to have an abortion. Anyway, I, absolutely it is. But I, I refuse to concede that it is more extreme to stand up for a life conceived out of rape or incest than it is just flat-out killing a life. A, vi- a literal viable human being. And that's what a third trimester abortion is. You know, I, I, I again, I, I've always, you know, I've, I've tried, uh, I've failed at times, but I've tried to not cast dispersions on my political opposites. Cause I've always held the belief and, you can call me naive, and I'm starting to question whether I'm naive or not. Uh, I never tried to impugn the motives of those who are politically opposite of me. I I felt, hey, they have a vision of this country. It's just how to get there is, you know, they have the same vision for this country. It's just maybe how to get there. The road is a little different. But I'm sorry, I cannot... I absolutely cannot sit idly by and say, well, you know, it just, uh, you know, they just have a different mindset on how to get to a certain place in this country. No, this, this is, this is evil. I'm sorry. This is evil. It's barbaric. And I, I, and I'm going to stop short at calling the representatives who voted for this is evil and barbaric, but what they're supporting absolutely is. And I, I don't understand the rationale. I mean, this this was pointed out, I think Walter Hudson pointed this out on Twitter, about how the procedure of a partial birth abortion was dis, dis, was described on the House floor, just like Walter did in that sound clip, how he described it. That was also described on the House floor. And Walter said there was just a look of apathy among DFLers. Like, yeah, okay, Rip, get your grandiose speeches out of the way so we can hurry up, shoot down that amendment, and then uh, vote for this bill. And the selfies that were taken by these DFLers smiling ear to ear, you know, we pro- we protected women's reproductive rights. That's how they're spinning it. See, they can't tell the truth of what, what, what this is really accomplishing. You know, I, and again, I, I can't. There was a statistic that came out of the 10,000 abortions that were performed in Minnesota in 2021. There was just one past the 25 past the 25 weeks of pregnancy according to the state department of health abortion report this was cited in that uh, pioneer press article i read from earlier okay then then what's the issue with banning it what's the issue with banning third trimester abortions if 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 it's that st- statistically insignificant as i said at the end of the last segment you know pro lifers don't get to use that line of thinking about how those abortion or those uh, pregnancies conceived out of rape or incest are stati- statistically insignificant. You know, they're they're la- they're labeled as extreme and and trying to you know, take away women's rights and the patriarchy trying to control women's bodies. Well, again, go watch the March for Life that took place all over the country. Hundreds of thousands of people marching for life. This isn't a bunch of middle-aged men trying to control women, the vast majority of those marching are women. Yet they continue with that chanting point as, as it's a patriarchy, trying to, to step out, to snuff out women's reproductive rights. So, again, uh, the Senate's going to vote on a companion bill. Maybe we'll have some update on that. Uh, by the way, I'm Mitch and I are switching broadcasts uh, next weekend, so I'll be in on Saturday. So something to definitely keep an eye on. Uh, that is for certain, but... Uh, This is 
exhibit A, why the pro-life community, their vigilance needs to be higher than it's ever been, needs to be more grounded than it's ever been because of stuff like this. I mean, this this could be very well become law if the Senate votes on its companion bill in the affirmative. So as Alexander DeSanct said in that National Review piece I read in the first segment, this is a beginning of a uh, new phase. Uh, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just absolutely crestfallen over this, that a group of individuals could be that callous about this, that there's that, uh, well, Again, it's all it's our Orwellian tactics, changing language so they don't have to think about what abortion actually is. That's why they don't want to have any resources go to pregnancy resource centers. You know, everything is in, in the form of health care, you know, which is a euphemism for an abortion. See, when I, when, when I think when I hear the word choice, I think of more than one option. But if this law is more geared toward driving women to get abortions and the aftercare of abortions. That's not a choice under any definition of the word. So again, more of those Orwellian tactics taking place. 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, the closer coming back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. Twelve eighty, the Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM twelve eighty, the Patriot at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Fans are calling The Farmer and the Bell Saving Santa Land their new favorite Christmas movie. When a famous model returns to her farm and reunites with a long-lost pen pal, she just may find what true beauty really is. I came here looking for something I haven't found yet. Well, maybe you found it and just don't know it. Available now on SalemNow.com. Plus, get the documentary What is True Beauty? Free with your purchase of The Farmer and the Bell Saving Santa Land. Exclusively on SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Mark Henry, pastor of Revive Church. January 20th was a March for Life event in Washington, D.C. It was the first March for Life event since Roe versus Wade was overturned. Like you, I care about our country, and I care about the rights of the unborn. The need to fight for those who cannot fight for themselves, it continues. That's why I continue to be praying for the hearts of our nation's leaders, and I hope you will too. I'm Mark Henry, pastor of Revive Church, and I stand with you in saying life is always worth fighting for. Do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call. Because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at crazy low prices. They have access to great prices and discounts at over 500 different airlines. Plus 300,000 hotels and rental car companies. Their prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find the best price for you. Call SmartFares today and get ready to see the world with a fat wallet. 800-989-0841. 800-989-0841. 800 That's 800-989-0841. I appeal to you to fight. I fully recognize not everyone has a fighting nature, but everyone can help fighters. What's wrong is not to do either. If the troops have no supplies, the troops are worthless. This station is a fighter. So there's a very simple way for you to help this station, and that is just patronize their sponsors. Help us continue to keep the Twin Cities right by supporting the local businesses you hear on this station. Hear the top voices in conservative radio on your Amazon smart speaker. Now streaming AM 1280 The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Just ask Alexa to play The Patriot Minneapolis. That's play The Patriot Minneapolis. You already know who it is. Silent talk. 
Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So you can check us out there. And if you aren't following our Facebook page, why the heck not? Give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And uh, again, check out the live stream as uh, Mitch and I live stream each and every week. I did want to get to the story, another uh, local angle here. Uh, the adjunct professor accused of Islamophobia for showing artwork in class that depicted the Prophet Muhammad filed a lawsuit against Hamlin University on Tuesday as Hamlin's president conceded the school mishandled the controversy. This is from a uh, Pioneer Press story, by the way. Uh, professor Erica Lopez Prater is suing the school in Ramsey County District Court for defamation, breach of contract, and religious discrimination, among other claims. Her complaint recounts the controversy that has been described in numerous news articles and opinion pieces in the last six weeks. Lopez Prater says she warned students repeatedly on the syllabus shown to students and Hamlin higher-ups and during the October 6th class itself that visual depictions of Muhammad and other religious figures would be shown during her art history class. Yet, when a Muslim student viewed the artwork and complained to Hamlin administrators, the school sided with the student. Lopez Prater was allowed to finish teaching the class, but she says Hamlin withdrew its offer to have her teach a contemporary art class in the spring. I, I didn't cover this when, I, uh, when the story um, first came out, um, but it was interesting to me that you know, this professor, you know, as was indicated, gave students fair warning, knew how devoutly religious some of her Muslim students were and wanted to avoid offending them, saying, look, this this isn't anything that I necessarily believe, but this is artwork that I'm showing here. You know, this is an art class. And I would imagine part of being in an art class is to give students the opportunity for open dialogue. Instead, there were some students in particular that were so overly offended by this that they went and ran to the administration and wanted the administration basically to drum this professor uh, out of the university. So I... I guess we'll, you know, keep an eye on the lawsuit and how that's ultimately ruled. Again, I, I believe Hamlin is a private university, so this really, you know, isn't under uh, First Amendment purview. But I think the concept of free speech, free expression, you know, academic freedom, all that good stuff, you know, there should be that principle in place here. So, aside from that, I mean, again, we'll keep an eye on the lawsuit and as it's adjudicated and see how it ultimately shakes out and, you know, what kind of precedent uh, it will set. But my thing is, when did we get to a point, you know, what was the kind of the turning point here where students couldn't handle their beliefs or their worldview being challenged or, dare, dare I say, any affront to their worldview. You know, I, I've said it often that when I, I was in college in the late 80s through the early 90s, and I remember vividly being in a political science class and sociology class, and, and the one regret I have about, about that time frame in my life is I wasn't more engaged in political news, political insights. I was really, I mean, I, I voted for the first time in 1988, but I just, you know, punched a lever. I just voted based on what my father and my paternal grandmother, what they thought, because they were the most politically passionate people in my family. And I listened to them and, you know, followed their lead until I realized I don't really think like they do, you know, <laughs> but I digress. But I remember vividly students in those respective classes, my political science class, sociology class that I had early on in my college career, had open dialogue with their respective professors, and the professors welcomed it. And it wasn't hostile, and it wasn't angry, either from the students or the professors, but it was spirited. It was passionate, and that's a good thing. 
And you even had a professor. I remember my professor in my uh, political science class. He was a, a lifelong Democrat, well left of center. Uh, one of the books that was required reading for the class was called Democracy for the Few. If that gives you any indication of, you know, the kind of direction this political science class went in. And I remember he would even concede points from conservative students. He wouldn't be condescending. He wouldn't sneer at their worldview and say, how can you think like that? Boy, this, this, we're in trouble this, if, if we're turning it over to a generation of you all that think this way. No, nah, he didn't do that. Yeah, he was very open and respectful of the dialogue and obviously had his criticisms of, of President Reagan, you know, because Ronald Reagan was just finishing up a second term. And, of course, you know, in the midst of scandal, the Iran-Contra affair. So obviously he had a lot of criticisms about that, but he was able he was willing to listen. Same with our sociology professor. And I dare say that the students who engaged in this open discourse and dialogue with a professor who was even older than the baby boom generation. Some of you know, the, in the case of my history professor was a world war two vet. Okay. I would say that that was actually something that served the students well in life to be able to have that kind of open discourse today. We're hearing so many stories about students and wanting a safe space and not wanting their worldview challenged and they should be able to have their viewpoints safe in their little bubble. Well, yeah, you can have your viewpoint, but don't you think that you should be able to, oh, I don't know, withstand a challenge to it and stand up for it and convey why you believe why you believe and what you believe? But instead, we're hearing so many stories like this. You you see something that is so overly offensive, immediately you run to the administration. I mean, my myself as a, as a Christian, if I was in an art class and saw a, a, a artwork, you know, denigrating Jesus Christ, I I'd be taken aback by it, and maybe I might be offended, but I my instinct wouldn't be to run to faculty or the administration and try to get that professor fired. So. I don't know when that line crossed where all of a sudden that trend is, has been occurring here. So, uh, again, a lawsuit. We will definitely keep an eye upon that is for sure. But that's the one thing that really stood out to me is the just the lack of discourse between students and professors now. It's, uh, it's not a good trend. I'll put it that way. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance, Radio Network. Go nowhere. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. Is your job recession-proof? Now might be the perfect time to switch careers and become an IT professional with My Computer Career. IT is listed as one of the top recession-proof professions. You could have your dream job in just months, not years. No experience needed. Take classes online or on campus. And financial aid is available to those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. 
Dr. Gorka here, and I want to talk to you for a minute about the 100% drug-free relief factor. We all deal with aches and pains in our day-to-day lives, and I have had my fair share, including injuries like a detached quad muscle that, I can tell you, fell into the category of really bad pain. But I've been able to manage the pain by taking relief factor. It helps your own body to attack and fight off sources of inflammation, the source of most of our aches and pains, and I've loved it for years now. Almost 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it worked for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick starter pack for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com, call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. AM 1280. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.